just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. G'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast. My name is Knuckles. This is the show in which we extract the wildest and loosest yarns and stories from a few mad critters around the planet. So, uh... The OG proper true yarn man himself that uh, enthrilled and uh, I guess and gifted a few yarns into me. Me old boy uh, TJ Hanley, here he is. We got him in the studio straight up. How you going, Dad? Pleasure to be here, Knuckles. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. What else you got for us, Mate, TJ? I got a few here. Keeps this is keep a bit going. of one on myself. When I was a young fella, I still don't mind a bloody drink either, like I'm having a drink here now with a good old country trucker, buddy, stubby curler here. And uh, I went to a little place called Barry Caves. It's a roadside place between, really between Camelwell and, and the three ways there. On the southern side of the road, there was a sort of a roadside stop. It sold grog and you could actually camp there. And I'd come down from Brunette Down Station. I was going through to uh, back home to my parents' place, out from Dolby there. And uh, got there and got into the beer and the rum and having a big night. And uh, what's the name? Having a big night, and anyway, uh, they come around about midnight and said, "Do you want breakfast? Ordered breakfast, see?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll have some breakfast. What do you want for breakfast? Oh, I'll have a bit of steak and bacon, a bit of tomato, and toast, and a cup of tea." She said, "All right." She said, "What's your name?" I said, "My name's James Bond." She says, "What?" I said, "James Bond." She said, "Your name's not bloody James." I said, "It is." I said. James Bond, that's my true name. Okay, she said, James, right up. Took the breakfast order, had a big night. Next morning, in the in the dining room there, sitting down there, crook as a bloody chook, bloody head and me bloody hands. And there's a call out, James Bond, breakfast is ready. James Bond, breakfast is ready. My mate nudged me in the bloody ribs and said, TJ, that's you, you're James Bond. I said, I'm not bloody James Bond. He said, well, you were last night, he said. Because <laughs> I got up to get me breakfast, everyone cheered and killed him. I felt a proper bloody dick the next morning. I was pretty, pretty smart the night before, but well, I wasn't so bloody flash the next morning, no. Pulled you in the line a bit. Pulled me in the line, yeah, yeah. What about a yarn? You told a yarn about that, that fella that could pee over a bus. Pee <laughs> over a bus, yeah. That's real true. It was a fella at Camwell. He could, he could stand still, but he'd grab hold of the old weapon and pee over a McCavity's bus. Back when they weren't, it wasn't a double-decker bus, but pretty fair effort to pee over an ordinary bus. He did it. Camwell used to pee over a bus at Camwell there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's, no. a fa- that's a fair bit he of squirt. Fa- he must have had a fair sort of a bloody weapon on him. I'd bloody, <laughs> <laughs> I'd bloody flatten out getting to the enemy boots. But anyway, bloody... Uh, yeah. uh, Keep him rolling, Yeah, well, I was a bloody... Uh, in my lifetime I was a stockman and a ringer, head stockman, managed some stations. Um, but I was a policeman, a bush, a bush policeman and uh, also... Spent a bit of time in the Queensland Police Force and heard a lot of good old police yarns and saw a lot of funny things happen. And some of these pertain to, to court matters. And uh, this was a case out in central western Queensland where uh, an old grazier fella, an old well-known old grazier, actually witnessed a murder of a, of a lady. Uh, she was killed with a fence post uh, in the street where he was living at the time. And he heard the screams and he, and he got out of his house and he went to the front and he looked down the street and he saw this murder actually happening. And uh, it was under a street light and it was a couple hundred yards down the, down, down the street. And anyway, the case went to court before a judge and uh, had a prominent defence counsel, big barrister there, up him, see. And the big thing was that uh, his age and how far, how far he could actually see in the night time. And uh, this defence counsel said now, how old are you, witness? He said, well, I'll be 78 come September. <laughs> he said, 78, eh? And, and you've told the court you witnessed this murder under a streetlight at night time. He said, how far? How far can you see in the night time? Well, this old bushy body sat back and he thought, well, this... Mongrel's having a go at me, you know. He doesn't believe me. And all the jury are watching him. And after about ten minutes, he's looking up the top of the courtroom and he's looking round and he said, well, I can see the moon and they tell me it's a fair way away. <laughs> <laughs> the old barrister just threw his cable in there and said, and said no further questions, he said. No further questions. So it took all the smartness out of him, you know. Yeah, fucked him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, You've seen a few old things happen in court, DJ? Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Buddy, um, another time, this was in Rockhampton actually, court, and uh, there was a, there was a, a, a bikey was in the witness box. And uh, the Crown Prosecutor was right up his ribs and he was getting angrier and crankier and crankier, this bikey. He'd been charged with an unlawful wounding. And the, the Crown Prosecutor said, how much liquor did you consume on this evening? And this witness said, this bikey said, fuck all! And the judge pricked his ears up and he said to the Crown Prosecutor, what did the witness say? He said, fuck all, Your Honour. He said, mmm, I'm sure I saw his lips move. It <laughs> 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 was a big court case out west where someone knocked off the evidence or had a drum or something, Dad. Oh, yeah, 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 that was... That's buddy, yeah. That's a buddy. Uh, Roll that proper true yarn out. That's, for... that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I know a fair bit about this and about what actually happened. But 
There was a court case in uh, in Camelwell about a drover who uh, who'd pinched a bullock and butchered it. Oh, he didn't. Well, he butchered a bullock. He he had a mob of Alexandria Downs bullocks um, uh, driving them. And near Camelwell, he used to when he was there, he'd he'd kill a bullock out of them. He'd take it into his, into his friends in Camelwell to give his friends some meat. So, uh, and anyway, he he did this and he took the meat into town and uh, his, his ute broke down in town. But uh, before he, he was in such a hurry, he left the actual ears on the head. He got rid of the brand piece, left the ears on the head. Anyway, uh, his ute broke down with all the stolen meat and the sergeant from Camelwell caught him with the meat and he locked him up. He went out to the scene and he cut the head of the bullock off with the with the ears, an Alexandria Downs bullock. He cut the head off and he put it in a drum, a 44-gallon drum of lime and, and liquid to preserve it for the court case. So anyway, this old driver, he was a little bit, buddy, um, he was a bit uh, worried about it. So anyway, he... Uh, he got a person to go and take the head out of the drum, pinch it out of the drum. Where was the drum done? The drum was behind the watch house in the Camwell Police Station, in the police yard, yeah. behind the watch house, and uh, he, to pinch to pinch the uh, pinch the head. See, so there'd be no evidence against him with the Alexandria Downs earmark on it. So anyway, uh, he chose a time when the the Camelwell races was on and the race ball was on and he uh, he got this person to go and knock the head off and all the police were out at the races, at the race dance and that. There was no one there at the police station. So anyway, next morning the old sergeant, and actually his, his name was Sergeant McKenna, he's a pretty wily old bird, he, uh, he saw a bit of slop around the side of the drum and he thought this is a bit strange. Something's gone on here and he put his hand in the drum and the head was missing. So he goes out to the races next morning, talks to the manager of Alexandria Down Station at the time. He said, we've got a bit of a problem with our case. The bloody head's missing out of the drum. They've knocked off the head. A roan bullock, roan short on bullock. The manager said, don't worry about Sarge. There's another 20,000 roan bullocks on Alexandria Downs. We'll get another head. <laughs> he get, shot another bullet, put another head in the drum, and um, and this is the only evidence to, to yeah yeah, yeah another, <laughs> just his bloody head. <laughs> they put it in the drum. See, so after another couple of months, the court had been adjourned and that, and and anyway, comes the day of the court, and uh, this fellow thinks, well, I've got this, I've got this body in the bag. There's no head, and right, see, so. So they wheel the drum in with the with with the liquid in, pretty heavy, forty-four gallon drum, and they give an evidence seat. And um, next thing they say, we the judge says we want to produce exhibit A. We want to see this head. So the old sarge put his hand in the drum right up past his sleeve, and he's moving his hand around backwards and forwards for a couple of minutes, and uh, and this bloody. Drivers thinking, well, oh God, this is no head in there. Next thing he pulls his body out of the body drum. 
been, and he said, well, I'll change me plea. He said, there's a smarter man in the court here than me today. They got another head and he got convicted. Yeah, yeah, that's the buddy. That's the story. And actually, Bruce Simpson wrote a poem called Mick Casey. A poem called Mick Casey about that. About yeah, right. the whole story. Yep. Yeah, right. Bloody hell. Yeah. Just remember, guys, call out. It's my shout. And keep left unless fucking overtaken. Oh, yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.